This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. It's 9 a.m. Friday morning. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder, and we are coming to you once again via Zoom technology. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it has been, it has been underwritten by MapTunes Long Island Chamber Maps. My two guests with me this morning, Magdalena Chen, she is the president of the Covert Avenue Chamber of Commerce, and Keith Wilson, president of the mighty Chamber of Commerce of the Massapequas. So what we have for you today is one of the largest chambers on Long Island, Massapequa, and one of its smallest, the Covert Avenue Chamber of Commerce. And I have had the pleasure of knowing both of these communities very well. Um, I grew up and still live in Massapequa, and my wife grew up in Floral Park, just one house away from Covert Avenue. So I've spent a lot of time in both of these communities. Uh, Magdalena, Keith, welcome to Chamber Chatter. Thank you. Thanks for having us in today, Dan. Uh, Mark, thank you. And Dan, thank you. I want to start first with you, Magdalena. Uh, it's taken a, over a year of persistency on our part, and I'm happy to finally have you on the program. Um, thank now, you. I think it's safe to say that uh, there are a large number of residents on Long Island that know very little about the Covert Avenue Business District. It's sort of tucked away. Um, would you say that's a fair statement to make? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Can you talk to us a little bit about the history of the chamber and the two communities that you represent, which is Floral Park and Stewart Manor? Yes, well, the chamber itself is about 20 years old um, and we do, we represent two communities. Uh, we represent the end of Floral Park Village, and on the other side, we have Stewart Manor Village. Um, Stewart Manor Village is a very small community, about 650 homes, about, give or take, 2,000 residents. Um, Floral Park Village is a little larger. They have about over 5,000 homes, about 16,000 residents. Our district, our business district itself is very small. Yes, we probably are the smallest chamber in, in Long Island. Um, we have in total on both sides, uh, you, you, I would think it, it's four blocks on each side has businesses, about a total of 55 in all. Um, recently, we had um, September 27th, Sunday, we had a very large fire and it took, it took basically a shutdown an entire block. It shut down 11 businesses, six of them, um, four of, five of them were burned. Um, so they, they, yeah, they were burned to the ground and four of them are standing, however, we don't know how long it will be till they can reopen or if they will reopen. Um, you know, we're a very tight community on both sides. So um, 
you know, um, we're trying to do what we can for the merchants that were affected. Right now, we're running fundraisers, GoFundMe pages, um, things like this. But during this whole time with the COVID, um, I started social media for all of us. I didn't know how else, you know, with this whole lockdown, how could I support everyone on the strip, not only the members. And we started, you know, a lot on social media, and we um, we we support them a lot in any way they need. Magdalena, you said you have fifty-five businesses. Uh, Keith Wilson, if you imagine uh, the massive Pequa Park District north of the train station, uh, it's very similar to what the Covert Avenue uh, Chamber Business District is like. Um, so Magdalena, you said you have 55 businesses. Are they all members of the chamber? Do you have 100%? No, you do not? No, they're not. Not all of them, no. Why, why wouldn't a business want to be part of the chamber, especially in a small, close-knit community like that? Well, I mean, you know, hey, um, the politics of it all, I'm new to it. Um, I think there are some on the strip that have been in, in the past, but I think at some point people do get jaded. You know, they want to know, well, well what does that do for my business? Um, some people don't want to deal with politics, you know, with, with all the politics that come along with, sometimes that come along with things like a chamber. Um, we have several new, new, uh, merchants on the strip. So I don't know that they understand it. And then there are some people, you know, that are coming from other communities such as Queens and other communities that don't understand, um, how do you say all the rules and regulations and how it all works. So they don't understand what a chamber does, how mm. it works. I'm trying to break that, you know, I'm trying to um, do things a little differently, whereas, for instance, our social media on Instagram is covertavenue.li, and I chose during this whole COVID thing, and hopefully, you know, from here on out, I chose to represent everyone on the strip, because we all have to make it together. You know, um, and I'm hoping those people that are not members see the value in that mm -hmm. and, and they will like to support us in the future. This year, we did choose to do away with the chamber dues just to help anyone, anyone who might have been struggling, you know. Um, so I'm hoping that these new people or someone who's maybe left the chamber some time ago, choose to maybe um, to join in the future come this new year. Great, we're gonna come back to that fire. I have a few more questions, but Keith, uh, you oversee the Chamber of Commerce of the Massapequas, which happens to represent not one, not two, not three, but four Massapequa business districts, plus the Sunrise Mall. Um, can you speak to our audience about the challenges that you face running a chamber of your size? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you say that, Mark, because we um, we have the massive peakers of, of about eight, nine square miles from the water all the way up to Boundary Avenue. <clears throat> and in that area, we have Massapequa Park, North Massapequa, 
South Massapequa and the heart, which is Massapequa. And our member businesses of about 250, we currently have on the books as dues paying members. And they, we did charge dues this year of $130 a business and 70. We had an idea of a, <clears throat> adding a $70 surcharge for a banner on our website, Crawling All Year, which one of our past presidents, Gary Slavin, brought forward. And it worked out very well for us. But managing a chamber this size is dependent upon a good board. And we have 18 members between the executive board and our regular board members that are pretty committed to doing what we do. And we meet once a month on the first Thursday. In fact, we had a meeting last Thursday, thanks to the AMVETS Hall on Broadway, which hosts us every, every month. And then, of course, our member restaurants have been hosting our lunches outside. Um, we're getting ready to go inside with the cold weather. But it's worked out with COVID fairly well with the restaurants and those coming. But again, to your question, the managing of it really boils down to having a dedicated board and dedicated businesses who cooperate. For instance, our dues notices for 2021 are out already. I sent them out early to help our budget stay intact because we lost our festival in June. We usually, we raise a lot of money with our community festival and the weekends we do it in June and we lost it this year because of COVID. Uh, through nobody else's fault, the town or the chamber or nobody, just with this pandemic. So we're, we're trying to manage our budget accordingly. And the, the about 25, 30 member businesses have responded by paying already. And we've taken advantage of every possible grant out there, like PSE&G has a grant and the, uh, the, uh, some of the banks had grants we were able to apply. And of course, the money from federal government, which was the personal protection as well as program money. So we're trying to manage our budget the best we can with those um, uh, remnants of what I'm saying all added up together and hopefully it'll keep us afloat and we we're in fairly good shape managing and again a dedicated board myself who goes to the office at least once a week to see what's going on I sign every check and every voucher to quote unquote watch the store as we uh, we should do and uh, hopefully things will keep staying strong for our member businesses and they'll respond in kind to these requests for the dues and activities we have. <clears throat> You mentioned uh, your recent meeting with, at AMVETS. Um, I, so I take it by saying that, that you're meeting in person now. You're having your general meetings in person. Is that right? Our, our board meeting is at the AMVETS on the first Thursday of the month, every month. Board meeting is, okay. Board meeting. And that's about 16, 17. But they have a hall there on Broadway where we can sit at tables eight, nine, ten feet apart from each other. And it's mm -hmm. just that you can hear each other and it's fine. And then with our luncheons, like the, we had the Nautilus Diner, we had um, we had uh, Gusto Davino in September. We honored the Nassau County Police Department, as we do every September, as well as the firemen we do in February, the volunteer firemen, and that's great programs. And we had that at Gusto on Sunrise Highway. So, and we're able to do that outside with this nice weather. And if weather like today continues, we'll be able <laughs> to maybe stay out even through November. And it's worked out again with masks and distancing and just being careful. It's worked out basically pretty well. Great. So you're getting a good, pretty good turnout to the general meetings? Um, not what we'd like. The answer is not what I'd like or we'd like, but yes, not, not too bad. Some people are still a little hesitant to come, but I, we understand that. And it's, it's getting better, but we'll get up to where we used to be pretty soon if this thing sooner or later ends, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, back to you, Magdalene. I just want to touch on that uh, fire uh, that started in a restaurant, but took out a number of businesses next to it, which uh, is devastating for a small community like yours. Um, what has the response been from the residents as well as the surrounding businesses? It's been humbling, actually. Um, it's been amazing. People have reached out. 
Uh, they, still now they want to know how can they help. So we've been doing, like I said, we've been doing fundraisers. Children around town have been, are so cute. They've been doing fundraisers on their own. They've been coming together. The community is a tight one. Um, and again, you know, it's been hard. It's been hard for all of us, you know. Um, it's just a waiting game at this point. Do you anticipate the restaurant will come back and the three uh, stores next to it will all return? What is your prediction for uh, the future of those four businesses? It's hard to say. You know, um, everyone is still waiting. They're just still waiting, first of all, for the official, you know, for the official word on um, uh, the official word of the fire. Um, and of course, you know, their insurance, the insurances are working it out. That takes some time. Everything will have to be brought up to cold. That takes some time. I don't know with the landlords. Um, there's one landlord for the whole property except the one restaurant that it began. And so, you know, people are afraid. They're afraid to make a move because at this point they don't know what, um, what's going to happen as far as that are they all going to be brought down and rebuilt or can they just go on you know bring everything up to code and reopen no one knows right now well like i said my wife uh, grew up right uh, there and uh we knew the restaurant well we knew the shops well and um when she saw the story and uh, it was a Newsday broke it, it was uh, devastating for her too because that's a little piece of her heart lies on Covert Avenue. Yeah, uh, yeah. Keith, uh, getting back to the Sunrise Mall for a second here, um, it's a tough time for all malls in America. Um, how involved is the chamber uh, with those businesses inside the mall? And secondly, like what can the chamber do to um, support those businesses further? Do you have a decent, uh, you have a decent uh, support from the, the mall? In the past, we've had a couple of our breakfast meetings at Dave and Buster's in there, which is on the second floor when you go in. And it's a busy place for kids and all that early in the morning, but that's fine. And it's worked out well. We haven't been there this year in my since I took over yet, but we'll look into that for the spring. The, the, the mall itself is an interesting question because there are rumors abounding about good things like Macy's is doing well and some of the stores like Dave and Buster's and the folks that are in there are doing well and, you know, st staying uh, strong. Um, but the issue is one of where I'm not sure a lot of them, frankly, are members of our chamber because they, uh, you know, they're just, it's kind of an enclosed place as we all know, and it's hard to get them to join. Then of course, there's a lot of stores in there before even this pandemic and now that are empty and they've pulled out of there for whatever reason. And, you know, J.C. Penney's is empty now a long time there. I think Sears is empty there. And those are big, uh, you know, like Macy's, magnet stores and corporate stores, of course, which bring people there. But the little mom and pops in there, not many are members, but some are. And, uh, you know, if they ever needed something from us, we would continue to, you know, support the place as a whole. But whether or not with, with, the, with the advent of Amazon and UPS and all this online shopping, you know, these, no matter where, malls or strip malls, these little businesses here and there are hurting because people are buying online, especially, as I say, now. And when they're buying online now, people are not going to go 
totem balls and, and big crowd gate with what's going on. But again, I say it's a mixed bag, uh, Mark, to your question. It's kind of doing well, and some of them are members, but not a lot of them. And again, we have a meeting there once a year at Dave and Buster's, but we do the best we can. If anybody wants to reach out to us, they can call the office at 516-541-1443, ask for our secretary, Shelly, and she'll take care of them with information on how to join the chamber in the mall or outside the mall, anywhere else. Well, as a local resident, I, I certainly hope the mall survives. I, I would hate to see it uh, knocked down and I guess more uh, condos going up. All right. When we return, we're going to have some fun. We're going to play Genie in a Bottle with our guests. We're going to find out what three wishes they have for their chamber. You're listening to 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. I'm Mark Snyder. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it's been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount app. With over 2,500 discounts island-wide, you can download the MapTunes app. That's MapTunes, M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S, or you can visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My guest with me today, Magdalena Chen, she's the president of the Covert Avenue Chamber of Commerce, and Keith Wilson, who is the president of the Chamber of Commerce of the Massapequas. All right, it's time to play Genie in a Bottle, and this is where we find out what your three wishes are for your Chamber of Commerce. Now, Keith, um, immediate past president Jamie Bogenschutz was on our program last year, right around this time, and here's what she wished for. Number one, increased and more active membership. Number two, which we touched on, more mall members. And number three, greater support from the residents of the Massapequas. Um, how would you say you're doing in those areas and how do those goals line up with yours? Well, membership, we've got a guy, Howard Ritzer, who's our membership chair, works for Neighbor News, and he's out there with all the new businesses to get advertising in businesses, which is good. And when he's out there, he gets them to sign an application to join. So membership, we're remaining sound footing and maybe a little bit of an increase based upon year over year. But again, we got about 30 members who didn't pay dues last year due to the pandemic. So we reach out to them with our conservation committee. So one of her... Uh, one of her uh, uh, wishes kind of kind of came true was staying again solid footing membership. The residents themselves, the residents themselves that know we're out there, but they support us in ways like our street festival, you know, our um, our uh, our uh, Clestenek Park tree lighting, which uh, we have every year. Not this year again because of COVID, but we're going to have it only very privately, not open to the public. But in general, they support us pretty well at these things. The street fair in June and the Christmas and menorah lighting in uh, in December down on Broadway. We get a nice turnout at both. So I would say community involvement for those that can't be members because they're either working in the in the governmental sector or they don't have their own business. Um, those that come out with their kids and for activities and support us, that's that's pretty good too. We have something publicly because the luncheons are for you know members really only, but non-members can attend. But not a lot of residents would come with kids to our lunches. And then uh, what was the third one she said on the air, Mark? Um, to back up, I think what she was talking about was 
more support from the residents to utilize the businesses? Yeah, well, certainly, listen, Magdalena, I, every president in the chamber in Nassau County and the council, I'm sure, with the first thought is, please shop locally. You know, go to the small strip malls, go to the, go to the, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, mom and pop hardware rather than Home Depot right away, unless you have, you know, a big order and gotta, you have to do it. Go to the bakeries, go to the luncheonettes, go to the restaurants, especially now that the town of Oyster Bay has expanded dining through 2021 with the guidelines they have making things easier to have the outdoor dining. Go to the, you know, go to the, um, the uh, local pizzerias and the florists and this local CPAs and the local realtors like myself being a real estate broker and the mortgage people use, use and shop locally. That's a wish that any president would have any time in order to keep the chamber and our businesses and members strong so they can do the things they need to do for the community through the chamber. Okay. Her uh, third uh, wish uh, a year ago was more mall members, which we kind of touched on already. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I don't know how many of the Walt Whitman customers belong to the South Huntington Chamber. I don't know how many of the Smith Haven belong to the Smithtown Chamber. I don't know how many of the Green Acres belong to the Valley Stream South Chamber or whatever they'd be called in that area. And it's the same with us. You know, they're kind of in a, the mall people inside are kind of in a vacuum. Now you could certainly walk door to door in the mall and try and get some members, which is I think a good idea. And I'm gonna to talk to my membership chair about that. I think but, Hicksville does that, by the way. They have sent uh, uh, um, board members into the Broadway Mall, and uh, they've got like a dozen uh, businesses in the Broadway Mall that are members of their group. They walk door to door, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good thing, and I think that's a good idea. But if you don't, I think it's a case where if you don't go to them, the malls now, they're not going to come to you because they, a lot of them don't see the things we do locally and, and whatever. And, and to be able to reach out to them, we'd have to do that, like you said, Hicksville does. And I'm going to take that under advisement for my next board meeting at the chamber in December. Great. Do you have uh, three wishes for your chamber that are different than, than those three? Yes, because of the year-over-year -year changes we've all living through now. First of all, first and foremost, health and safety of all of our members. That's the first thing. Because when you have health and safety of your members, it goes into my second wish, which is health to all their businesses. Because when they're healthy and we're all out in the streets, they're healthy in their businesses. That's number two. And number three, this is probably more of a general wish, but it affects the chamber, too, all the chambers. Just that everybody gets back on a sound, safe footing, where they're not afraid to go out and have dinner on a Saturday with their wife or their families and go out and have a glass of wine or support a local pub or, or uh, you know, go buy something in a local store or whatever it may be, because... A lot of this unrest, albeit the market is strong, stock market investments are strong. A lot of this unrest has caused people to really just stay home and again, shop on Amazon and, and these other websites and get stuff delivered where they're not going to a store. And that doesn't keep people on a sound footing. And if you have the other two, I think the third will happen, which will stay on a sound footing. Rather than have strip malls with empty stores, we want them all filled and turnkey places to be open every day. We'll check back a year from now, and I hope all of those wishes have come true, not just for the Massapequa Chamber, but for everybody, like you said. Magdalena, uh, your three wishes for the Covert Avenue Chamber of Commerce? 
Well, they're not far from those. Um, well, first and foremost, yes, we as a chamber, I, I, I hope that we prosper and we grow. Uh, during this whole time, we have gotten five new members, which that's been really nice. Um, I do wish for our chamber to continue and keep building upon our relationships with all our civil servants and all our community residents. And yes, I would love it if we could, um, I'm trying to, you know, um, I'm trying to connect more with the residents in town to let them know that, you know, we're here for them as well. So I'm happy about that. And one thing about our chamber and our district uh, is that we literally have all mom and pop shops. Yes, you we do. don't have any large you know, any large um, businesses. It's all small mom and pop shops. Some of them have been there. Oh my goodness. They've been there from the 1930s on. You are absolutely right. There are some that have been there a long time. Yeah, some of them have. It's really like going in back into time. Yeah. It's, I love the parking, how you just, what do they call that type of parking where you've kind of pull up right in front on an angle. Yeah, no, yeah. Diagonal parking they call river. Very yeah, it's a real throwback. Um, yeah. do you allow uh residents in the chamber? We allow anyone. I welcome we've always been open to anyone. Um anyone who would like to join to know what's going on, um, to help us make decisions for their, you know, for their residents. Yes, we're open to anyone. Uh, Keith, does the Massapequa Chamber allow uh, residential members? We take all member businesses. You have to the qualifications. You have to be a, do business in Massapequa. So, say you live in Belmore, but you have a florist in Massapequa, you could join. We also allow non-members who have businesses to our luncheons, which are twenty-five uh, a month for members and thirty for non-members. The incentive, of course, is to get them to join after the first luncheon and become, you know, a member of our chamber. So. It's a mixed bag. We allow non-members, but you have to be person that does business in Massapequa to come and then finally join. Right, but you don't allow residents who don't own a business, who just happen to live in the Massapequas, to be members of the chamber. Some chambers we've, do allow that, some don't. We've never had that, Mark. The answer is to your question. There's nothing in our bylaws present, preventing it, rather, but we've never had that. Someone come up to us at a diner or whatever, say, I'm just a resident, I want to come, but there's nothing preventing it, but we, we never just never had it. So the answer yeah. is we'd have to, I'd have to look into it, let you know. Yeah, that's that's hit or miss. Some some chambers allow it and have quite a few residents as, as members, some of them even leading the chambers. Yeah, and sometimes you take a risk with that because you might have somebody walk in who has an agenda who really is not part of the chamber agenda and they paid for a luncheon and they get up and they say something they shouldn't, like we're campaigning or whatever we're trying to stay away from. So again, it's not it's not disallowed, but You've got to be careful with something like that. Watch what you do. Okay. Um, so moving on here, uh, as everyone knows, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, this is why we're recording the show via Zoom and not in the beautiful studios of WCWP in Brookville. Um, we don't have a vaccination. However, it looks like Pfizer may be onto something, which is exciting. Um, a question for each of you. Uh, mm -hmm. Keith, let me go back to you. Where do you see uh, Massapequa a year from now? If the vaccination comes true, which is on the news all morning, and Pfizer is able to be a 
successful 95, 100% with it like it's at 90 now. I see our place, I see our place being stronger than ever, coming back stronger than ever, like a lot of other economies have, even with this going on around the country. I see people, I think first and foremost, people will breathe a sigh of relief, residents and businesses, that it's over. We go, we get our vaccination, we move on, we go visit people we haven't seen or haven't been afraid to come out, etc. I see Massapequa being this one of the strongest if not the strongest chamber, again, in the, in the county in Nassau and maybe even in Suffolk County as well with their alliance out there. I also see our, our, our real estate industry booming in the storefronts because when people feel comfortable about going back to business, they're going to look to say, I'd like to open something here we, we need and hopefully they'll be it. So the answer is strength, strong, bouncing back like crazy, people wanting to get out and do things, uh, you know, being together. Help of helpful, no more social distancing. And lastly, as Chambers being able to maybe refer people, frankly, who may need some help. I think with all the people coming out that may need help, um, as far as having been cooped up so long, Mark, and, and uh, beside coming back strong, there may be some people who need that. And we have some member businesses where they could go and get some talk to counseling, whatever you want to call it, where they're able to get some help and talk to people in general, which would be good. Magdalena, have you given any thought to where you'd like Covert Avenue to be a year from now? What do you think? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, well, yes, a year from now, I'm hoping things are, well, I don't want to say back to normal. <laughs> I want to say I hope we're, pro I see us progressing, moving forward. Um, and I just, yeah, a lot of our, our businesses right now is struggling. Um, and Again, due to this fire, we are getting a little less traffic. So I'm hoping this time next year, you know, we're, we'll be back to our street fair, which is our largest event of the year, one of our largest fundraisers of the year. And I hope uh, people were so looking forward to it. I hope next year we get even more people than usual because we missed out this year. Um, but I hope I just hope for all the businesses on the strip that they're um, they just keep progressing, you know. So uh, you know, here's hoping. You um, your Covert Avenue uh, business district there actually got hit with a double whammy in the last 12 months. Not only are we in the middle of a pandemic, but that street was as two railroad crossings. Yes, uh, Covert Avenue, and uh, I don't. Well, I know one was dug up. Uh, was both of them affected by that? No, not both of them. However, yes, you know, last year we were also concerned that as how is that one on um, the New Hyde Park side going to affect us? We were so worried about that one, and I have to tell you, they did a great job. Um, they were on time, and it really didn't affect us as badly as we thought which was a great thing. We were all, we all were relieved. And then um, 2020 came. And that one really, you know, it hit everyone hard. Well, that railroad crossing, I could understand your, your consternation because um, th that uh, entrance well, from New Hyde Park is what brings people into yeah. the Colbert Avenue Business District. Yes, and they and closed- them digging up that whole area. I'm sure you were concerned that you wouldn't be getting traffic from uh, New Hyde Park. 
Exactly. They did close Covert Avenue to Stewart Avenue. Uh, of course, they detoured things, but people don't always take the detour, you know. Um, thank goodness, like I said, I don't think that uh, we were affected that badly because of it. So we were all really relieved. We were all very happy to get through it, um, get into a new year, um, pick up a little more, you know, than before. And, you know, and then March, March came around. Okay. And Thank you, Magdalena. Thank you, Keith. When we return, it's time for Ask a Leader, and that's where I stop asking the questions. I'll let each one of our guests here take the mic. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Okay, we're back. I'm Mark Snyder, and this is Chamber Chatter at 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. Let me reintroduce my two guests with me today, Magdalena Chen. She's the president of the Covert Avenue Chamber of Commerce, and Keith Wilson. He's the president of the Chamber of Commerce of the Massapequas. Okay, it's time to play Ask a Leader. And this is where I turn the microphone over to let our guests speak to one another as presidents. Uh, Magdalena, I'll start with you. Do you have a question for Keith? Because if you don't, I do. Well, yes. I mean, well, listening to this. Now, let me explain. This is uh, this was my first year as president of the chamber. Um, my husband and I own the Carvel on Colbert. We've been there 17 years. I've been active in the chamber, but never at this you know, like this. And this year was really um, a learning curve for me. And it has been quite a year listening to Keith. And I did not know that the Massapequa was, was the largest chamber. Very interesting. I just wanted to ask Keith, does he have any recommendations or advice for me? Uh, the answer is yes. Get a membership chairperson who is in the media business, print media, um, local newspapers, local shoppers, weeklies, etc., etc. When you have somebody like that who goes door to door, you can really increase your membership because they're out there getting soliciting ads from these businesses in print, as well as can present them with the uh, application to join the chamber, especially when they're new at the same time. We go many times, like I have one this Friday, we go to what we call ribbon cuttings. We bring a red ribbon and a big scissor and we have grand openings where we cut the ribbon with elected officials in our chamber to these new businesses as well. So my membership committee chair, Howard Ritz, sets that all up and does a, a good job with that as well. Also, staying in touch, like we just got guidelines from the town of Oyster Bay, where outdoor dining is in effect till December of 2021. When I get communications like that, I have our secretary forward that to mm -hmm. all the member restaurant businesses so they know what's going on and we keep them informed with us and we hope it's a help to them because they want, we say we get something out of the chamber. And my last recommendation would be to just stay on top of what you're doing, Magdalene. Um, even though it's your first year, you sound like you're a smart lady. I'm sure you know what you're doing. And if you, and, and if you do that and stay on top of the business of the chamber, especially with the fire and that railroad crossing issues you have and keep people abreast of when things will reopen and keep things strong, You'll do very well and act that. And lastly, I should say, act as a resource 
for your members when they reopen with the fire. If you need somebody who may need a painter or a carpenter or an insurance person to underwrite their business for the new store they open after it's fixed up or whatever, be a central clearinghouse for those people and have a referral base for them to use. Okay, thank you. Very good advice, um, Keith, very good advice. And Keith, uh, the reverse, question for Magdalena? She runs one of the smallest chambers on Long Island. Yeah, the, the name Covert Avenue would, would indicate to me, are we talking about New Hyde Park, Floral Park, Elmont? Is that what we're talking about over there, Magdalene? Yes, yes. We have Elmont at the end. Uh, we have New Hyde Park on the end off of Jericho Turnpike. Uh, then we have Stewart Manor on one side, Floral Park Village on another side. Yes, it kind of incorporates many little areas okay so that's that's i guess COVID, which is a main drag covers that as far as where it is like i know where it is obviously you know? yes between jericho turnpike and um hempstead turnpike in elmo okay i'm sorry but the business district lies uh just beyond i guess it would be the second east of sawanica well, high school yes. Yes. And then down to the railroad crossing, right? That's sort yeah. of the pocket there. Between um, uh, the business district is from Sawanaka High School to, yes. That's Tulip People, Avenue? Tulip? Tulip Avenue is right along Sawanaka High School. Uh, it goes, you would say it goes north of Sawanaka High School. North, that we're going yeah. north when we go. Okay, great. And this this fire that Mark is alluding to on the, on the show here, uh, Magdalena, this was a fire that wiped out a bunch of strip stores. Is that what happened? Yes, yes. We have one whole block that had 11 businesses. Two of them were vacant at the time. Um, we had nine businesses open, and it took uh, it took five down. It burned five. Uh, four is still standing. However, everything is in limbo. You know, everyone is waiting for the, you know, the official cause. Everyone's working with insurance, building departments. It's going to be a while. Yeah, I we, would say when they, when they do reopen, it's a suggestion, not so much a question. I would just say if you do like a really major grand opening with a strip mall, yes. with a scissor cutting and everything, that might work out very well to support. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right, Magdalena, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, Having spent a tremendous amount of time on Covert Avenue, uh, Manor Deli, Rain Dew, still there, still there. Pellegrini's Butcher Shop, still there. I mean, listen, for many years, my dentist was on Covert Avenue. Hello, Dr. Piskin. Still <laughs> um, there. <laughs> I must say, it, it's a charming business community. Um, my, my question for you is this: You represent businesses that operate in the incorporated village of Stewart Manor. And on the other side of the street, businesses that operate in the incorporated village of Floral Park. Yes. Is there a difference in dealing with the two villages? Yes. Yes, they ah, are. Talk to me. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, um, again, I'm getting used to it. Um, you know, there are different rules and regulations on either side. However, we have two great mayors right now. Who, who are very, you know, they're there when you need them. They're there, they wanna help as much as they can during this whole, this whole time. 
Um, but that yes, rules, regulations, restrictions, they're just different on either side. Um, and so, you know, not, so not different in a bad way, just different operationally. Oh, yes, yes. No, not different in a bad way. I mean, you know, some people see it in bad ways, but <laughs> it keeps our communities the way we like them. You know, we like a certain vibe. We like um, the communities to stay small, but they do have their rules and regulations. I, I know you, you know that, um, but they do try to work with us. The mayors are very nice. Mm. Uh, and that area is beautiful. I mean, it's all Tudor homes and uh, every yes. properties are well kept. Uh, it's a really yes. a nice area. Uh, another question for you. Um, Coburn Avenue seems to have every type of business imaginable. Uh, all, you know, mom and pops. Um, and I will say my heart broke when Handy Andy, which was the longtime hardware yes. store, went out of business a number of years ago. Um, is there any type of business that uh, you'd like to see open shop on, on the avenue? You know, that's funny because sometimes when new businesses do come in, people complain, um, you know, from the community, oh, we don't need another one like this. I mean, and I would love to see the community come out more and maybe, you know, try and open a business that they would like to see, you know, but that's not always that easy. And I understand. Um, do I have any specific one right now off the top of my head? No, I don't think so. Um, no, I, I, I don't think any specific um, business, but we do, we do, we really do like to keep it at mom and pop shops. Yes. That is one thing. Uh, a bunch of big chain stores have tried to come in these past several years and the community was just not happy with it. And we as merchants, we weren't happy. We weren't very happy with it as well. We want to keep it, you know, we do like the mom and pop shops. I will say as someone who enjoys a nice craft brew every now and then, I'd love it if a little brew pub opened up on Covert Avenue. A brew pub. Yeah, Ma uh, Massapequa Park's got a got a couple of them. They do very well. Oh, you know, yeah, like a restaurant sure. that a restaurant that's got either they brew their own beer or they've got a you know mm. nice craft selection. But anyway, I digress. Oh, um, that's interesting. What's that? <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it t it tends to be a good draw for the younger crowd too. I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. But we still have Jack Walsh in town. We have a nice little bar. Keith, um, our station manager, Dan Cox, grew up in Massapequa Park. And when I told him that you were going to be on the show, uh, he texted me this question. He said that his experience as a kid was riding his bike to the village, uh, going to town, Deli, Carvel, Mario's Pizza, Harmony Donuts, uh, some of them which are still there today. Um, how does the village of Massapequa Park uh, keep itself relevant uh, with all the shopping centers on, and big box stores on Sunrise Highway, um, a lot of competition. They've, they've done a great job there. The mayor before, Denny Pearl, the new mayor, is doing continuing this. The mayor before him, um, Jeff Provado and Jim Altadano, when he was the mayor, really started an economic development program on both sides of Park Boulevard, to Dan's question. And beside, beside IGA and 
the real estate office here, First Bank of Long Island, Massapequa Funeral Home on the other side. As you go down, you've still got the soccer shop and you've got now Umberto's is there. You've got the tap room. You've got uh, left, left and left. The attorney's there on that one side. And um, Peter King has his office, albeit he's retiring, but he's above the post office there. But the economic development program they started is just that. There are stores there that were empty. And once they're empty, within days, there are people signing a lease to go in there because the business district and the village and the merchants association that's strong there did a great job in keeping the relevance of Park Boulevard strong. Even on Front Street, Johnny McGorry's and those restaurants over there and all of them doing well. Where Minuteman Press used to be, they just moved on Sunrise Highway. There's now a boutique going in there for ladies. And that was fast as well. I mean, Minuteman Press was only out of there not even a year and it's filled already and it's open. Um, so the point I'm making is the economic development of the village government being responsive, receptive and welcoming to businesses has done them wonders there. And it's kept the relevance there, regardless of anybody else in the area. Did you say Minuteman Press moved to Sunrise Highway? They did. By the D, I happen to have to shop at the DXL store because I'm so tall, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Seriously. But I, they moved next door to DXL on Sunrise about a year ago. Josh and Mike, in fact, Mike Sherman passed away due to COVID, the owner. He just died in, in March. So what? Josh now, yeah, Josh is running the store by himself. In fact, I went to go see him last week for some printing I took care of. And they're over doing, he's doing well. The store is fine. And they've been open with the pandemic. They were open, but his dad just got sick and might pass. But they're doing well in their new location on Sunrise. And again, their old place on the corner there is, is, is uh, rented already and active with business. I'm happy to hear you tell me that. I've given um, Josh, uh, Mike and Josh, a lot of business over the years. And yeah. when I saw they, they closed up, uh, I didn't realize that they just went down the road. Um, uh, I'm heartbroken to hear about Mike passing away. I, I do know Josh's son very well as well, but uh, I'll have to stop in. And uh, I, I just thought they were done. So Yeah, I, no, they're over I there. In fact, again, they're doing, they got a bigger place and more space and everything. But again, the sad part is during this COVID that uh, Mike passed away, the only nice guy. I used to kid with him. He was a good man. Member business of our chamber for a long time. Yes, they have been. Okay. Um, we've got a few minutes left and... Um, while we have this time, I always like to give our guests the opportunity just to talk for a minute about what they do when they're not presiding over their Chamber of Commerce. So Magdalena, uh, tell us about your business on Covert Avenue. Well, my husband and I have the Carvel on Covert. We've been there about 17 years. Um, yeah, it takes a lot. So when I'm not doing this, <laughs> I'm in the store. Um, and this year, you know, it's been it's been rough. It's been tough. Business has been good. You know, people needed a place to go and just get a little something. So uh, this this season was tough. It, it was a good tough for us, but it was tough. And uh, so, yeah, that takes up um, all of our time. We're open seven days a week, 10 to 10, seven days a week. Um, we're what we're closed one day a year. Um, and my husband complains about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving money on the table. We're leaving money on the table. Yeah, yeah. Now, the Carvels seem to have staying power, as um, as Keith knows. The one that's up in Nassau Park, there on Park Boulevard, has been there. Well, as far back as when our station manager, station manager was a kid, and he used to go there on his bike. So he's been there a long time. 
Even the one, even the one up by me, Mark, on Hicksville Road. You know, the one by Boundary Avenue and Stewart. Oh, Avenue. yeah, I've been to that one too. Yeah, they've been there. That family Klingo owned that years ago. My brother went to school with his son. Then they sold it to another person who's the sold it again. That Carvel's been there. Oh my God, probably close to fifty years. And there's another one that's on. There's another one on Hicksville Road and uh, Jerusalem Avenue. That's another one. Yeah, that's been there. I got that freestanding oh. building. So oh, three of them within four square miles, they've done a lot of people must love ice cream, I guess. <laughs> I guess they do. Hey, Keith, uh, tell us, uh, tell our audience what keeps you busy besides the Chamber of Commerce. Well, I'm also active in a number of organizations. I'm a past president of Master People Lions. I'm the uh, current president of the Chamber. I'm a past Grand Knight and former district deputy and past faithful navigator and past chapter chairman of the Knights of Columbus, which was my first love in my organizational stuff. I'm a uh, currently in with the real estate with my business. I'm the president-elect of the commercial network of the Long Island Board of Realtors. I've been a um, I've been involved with my local parish of St. James for a long time, as well as uh, the North Massapequa Republican Club for many years with our great leader John Muscarella doing a great job, and of course the, before that John Venditto, as we mentioned as a, as a committeeman at large. Uh, I've been active with you know many things in the Columbus Lodge, Order Sons of Italy in America, past president up on Boundary and Broadway, as well as a state officer in the Sons of Italy and, and uh, current the state corresponding secretary with my fellow Italian-Americans. And we do a great job under our state president, Anthony Nacarado. So things are good. Uh, you know, it's, it's like anything else. You give something to a busy person, it gets done. And being semi-retired now from the town and other things, I have time to do these things, get them done. And hopefully the chamber will prosper under my leadership for the next uh, year and a half I have left. And We'll watch the store and do the best we can with what's going on. Very exciting. Um, as we come full circle here, you mentioned Joe Muscarella, who graduated from Sawanica High School um, yes. right there on Covert Avenue. Yes, he did. Yep. So anyway, all right. Special thanks to my guest today, Magdalena Chen. She's the president of the Covert Avenue Chamber of Commerce. Keith Wilson, president of the mighty Chamber of Commerce of the Massapequa's on next month's program, for the first time, we'll have a representative from the Oceanside Chamber of Commerce, plus the return of Garden City and Manhasset Chambers. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter has been written, underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. As a reminder, Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. You can visit WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter, and also on YouTube. You can search WCWP Studio and search Chamber Shatter. Special thanks to my good friend and engineer throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Dan Cox. My name is Mark Snyder. Up next, it's Project Independence and You. Have a nice weekend. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.